Welcome to the Equip and Ignite podcast, powered by Bill Glass Ministries. Since 1969, God has used Bill Glass Ministries to impact people from all walks of life with the gospel. Whether through evangelism training, at a citywide crusade or prison evangelism event, or just in daily life, God has connected so many people together through this ministry and the power of the good news. While just a scratch of the surface, these are some of those stories. After listening to each episode, we hope you feel encouraged, equipped, and ignited. Welcome to the Equipping Ignite podcast powered by Bill Glass Ministries. Uh, this is Kit Van Arsdale. Today, my uh, guest, who's not really a guest because he was here on staff with us, is Brandon Cochran. Brandon actually took over my previous role of being the South Central Regional Director and uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing Brandon for about three years now, and it's been a pleasure having him come on staff. Uh, Brandon's a former chaplain. Uh, he is currently a pastor as well. So Brandon's got a unique perspective, having been on both sides of the walls with relations to uh, Bill Glass events. And so Brandon, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, Brandon. So how did you get plugged in with, uh, or how did you find out about Bill Glass Ministries? So my first... Uh... Interaction with Bill Glass Ministries was like uh, a chaplain in a prison's involvement with a lot of ministries. You get a cold call, uh, someone that's very familiar with your unit. They call up, they name drop, they've been there a whole bunch of times. And you're like, as a new chaplain going, I guess this is something we're supposed to do. So you just jump right in. You know, you start getting these brochures in the mail, posters that you hang up and, and you realize, wow, I didn't even know this kind of stuff was going on in the walls. And so. I went to the number one best source for information in the prison that you can go to, and that is the offender. Uh, I called some of the guys in, the, the inmates that worked in the church, and they came in. I said, guys, what's Bill Glass? And so we went in to have a two or three hour conversation because a lot of these guys had been in the system, been all over the state in the system. So they had experienced Bill Glass on different units, and they just kind of filled me in on what it was. Uh, about how different groups and different program guests would come in and uh, share their stories, share testimonies, entertain them. There's that aspect of it. And then the opportunity for them to break out and for them to hear the gospel. A few of those guys, if I remember correctly, um, came to truly trust in the Lord. They had heard the gospel, but to truly trust in the Lord at some of those crusades. And then for uh, one guy that was specifically a chaplain's clerk of mine that's uh, from Columbia, he's, he's sits back home out of the system now. Uh, but he said that it was through a Bill Glass uh, opportunity that he began to realize what discipleship was. His responsibility as a Christian to continue to be a disciple maker maker. Uh, and so he was taking the tracks from guys and going back to the pods and sharing the gospel with those that he would come around with. So uh, I wish I could say it was watching TV and seeing Bill Glass playing football. Uh, but I don't remember all of those those guys. And to be honest with you, living in Texas, we didn't watch the Cleveland Browns unless they were playing the Cowboys. So <laughs> we didn't see. But my first encounter was behind the walls as a chaplain uh, in the prison system. And it, and it sounds like that uh, it was very effective. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, when you begin to hang posters in a, in a prison, uh, then, oh, I, I remember, you know, because they see the platform guests that are on these posters. And, oh, I, I remember them. I've heard them. I've, I've heard their testimony. I've, you know, they've been a platform. Are they coming to mind? Who's going to be our program guest? 
So the the notoriety is there. When you say Bill Glass inside of a prison system, there there is there's immediately this spark from the offenders of, hey, I'm going to go to it. It's a good thing. We want to experience it uh, from the Christians and the non-Christians. It's just like in the church, just like in the church in the day. You have some people that go for the entertainment factor, um, and then you might get more than you bargained for. Mm-hmm. But then you're you're also going to have those that are believers that have a testimony that go for that fellowship with other believers outside the walls. So it's uh it's very well known, especially in, in in the Texas prison circles that I've been in for sure. At what point in time did did God start moving on your heart that you needed to transition from being a chaplain to uh, coming on board Bill Glass? Uh, I think the prompting was COVID played a part in that. Uh, in a good way. If there's any good thing that came about COVID, um, because when things began to shut down, it, it, imagine what it was a year, four months ago, a year, six months ago, multiply that times 10 in a prison setting because you're responsible for individuals' welfare and care. You're, 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 you're following and observing every instruction to the nth degree of who can be around who and who can be around what. So we shut down and we weren't we weren't having programs. We weren't having volunteers come in. Uh, the guys are having to stay in their pods or in their cells. If COVID was active on our unit, they would have to stay in their cells and lockdown. And so my interaction, the ability to do ministry was was shrinking daily. It was shrinking those that I would interact with. I, I began to to question, you know, in praying, I, I was, all right, God, if this is the way it's going to be, what's ministry going to look like for me going forward? I want, uh, I have a desire in my heart for there to be more, God. What's it going to going to look like? What's it going to be like? Uh, went through that from, from March all the way up into October. And, and my wife and I, we had began to pray about that, what that was going to look like, because we knew there was, God was bringing a change in our life. We just didn't know what it would be like. And then when the opportunity came for Bill Glass to, to come back to East Texas and then to minister to, to my staff, to my correctional officers, because now from March all the way to October, the only, the most interaction I had was with my correctional officers. So I was able to develop a, a good pastoral relationship with, I was a chaplain, you know, and I walked through a lot of stuff with them through COVID. And then to see Bill Glass come on board and recognize uh, the uniforms that our correctional officers wear and say, hey, we want to minister to them. We want to pour into them. When when I heard Michael mention that there was an opening for a regional director, uh, my spidey sense immediately went up. You know, I think I texted you not long after that, curious about what that looked like, what it could be, the potential of it. Yeah, that was that was it. When I saw the way that Bill Glass, the, the, the machine, the mechanism, was willing to say, hey, our, our target audience is not, it's humanity. It's whether if we can't get in to see the offenders, let's get in and let's minister uh, to those correctional officers. I realized that, that there was, there was a spirit there that I, that I was in communion with, that that was a ministry that uh, their mission was more than just taking pictures with, with, with some convicts and say, hey, look what we're doing. It was yeah. real hands and feet. We're vested. We're interested in. And how you're doing in your spiritual welfare and that that I keyed in on that. I really keyed in on that. Well, I think one of the things that COVID really showed us was that, um, you know, for since 1972, prisons, correctional facilities as fishing holes has been easy. It's been easy for us to get into those places. 
and then COVID came about, and then we didn't have uh, we didn't have those opportunities. But the mission never changed. The mission right. was just easier when when there wasn't COVID. So now we've we've had this opportunity. We've called it the divine interruption to look at the fact that the prisons are shut down now. What happens if they don't ever sh- open back up for us? Yeah. So we have to fulfill the mission. And so we've been more purposeful in, in reaching beyond the walls um, with the uh, even talking to the officers and giving them Chick-fil-A sandwiches. That's still an opportunity to share mm-hmm. the gospel with these guys and then also working with churches as well. So you came on board in January. What's been the most eye opening thing to you? I would have to put those in phases because early in January, I was I was as green. I was a new boot. OK, that's what we call it in prison. I was the rookie. <laughs> I, I didn't know. And so it was like drinking through a fire hydrant, you yep. know, with just all of the information and everything that was going on. And so it took me coming back home and having access to all of the, the platforms that we have to be able to look at past events and, and all that goes into an event to realize that there is a lot of work that takes place at the home office that nobody ever sees or knows about. Or if, if, if you're not in that planning and in that facilitation stage of it, you're never going to know about. And if, and if it's done uh, properly, you, you should never know about, yep. but it's just, there is a lot. There is a lot from, uh, from how we train our teammates to, to the logistics of it, to, to the development of relationships the procurement of funds. Um, there is just so much that takes place back at the home office that, that, that I was just unaware of, you know, working in the church, you know, as a pastor, you, you pretty much got your hands in everything. If it's a smaller church and your church can only grow so big because you have to have your hands in all of it to, to lend leadership. Where what I've seen at Bill Glass is there are professionals in positions that do their job in a professional way. And it helps the ladies in the office that, uh, that manage and do what they do. There's, there's no way that anybody would know the amount of work that takes place there in the office. And it probably starts way before, you know, you're, you're going to get on a unit. Now that I'm looking at a schedule and I'm looking uh, at these days and the months and I'm thinking, wow, if we can get into this prison here, I'm thinking, are we going to have enough? There's so much to do. Are we going to have enough time to cross all of those T's and dot all of those I's yep. before? It's, it's not just about a, a unit opening up and saying, yes, come in. There's a lot of legwork that goes in on the front of that, that uh, to be able to get it done, to be able to be able to pull off a Bill Glass event in a manner that's, the bar has been set and we want to hit that bar or exceed it. And we need that time in front of it to be able to do that. But it's the work that takes place on the front side that I was not aware of <laughs> and it still takes, learning. It takes a lot of work to make it look easy. Yeah. There you go. That's a good way to say it. It, it, takes, it, it can take anywhere from nine months to a year to actually get an event planned, especially if it's a facility that we've either never been into or haven't been into in a while. The, the fact that we pulled together the, the Florida event in about three months is, is pretty amazing. Well, that's a perfect example because that was the, the Florida event this past weekend was the first event that I went on being on this side of the walls, being, being with Bill Glass. And so when we got there, we did our equipment ignite on Friday night and then there at the prison. It's as though the wheel had already started turning. And, and, and so it was, it, was, it was easy to stay on track and follow through with that. By the time it gets to the day of the event at the prison, everything mostly takes care of itself because of the preparation that has gone on ahead of it. Right. Uh, and if you just showed up at an event and didn't know the preparation that took place before it, 
you would think, wow, this is this thing runs pretty smooth. It's it's uh, uh, we could do a lot more of these if it's this easy to do. But there's just so sure. much work on the front side of it that uh, that was probably the one thing that that surprised me the most was was the labor that goes into getting it ready. And then you think about uh, we do that all over the United States. And as things gear back up, we get back into it. When I begin to think about doing 60 of those in the United States, I'm thinking we're going to need more help. Scripture tells us that many shoulders make for a light load. We might need some more shoulders to come alongside, which is teammates, which is uh, all of all of that uh, right. to be able to come in, to be able to have the resources, to be able to multiply what we do. So, yes, yeah, the importance of the local team to be able to help organize that as well. Uh, absolutely. As, absolutely. As, as well as inside office staff. It's It's important. So every every person plays a part. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch it happen, though. I mean, this you mentioned this past weekend being the first event we've done in uh, like 15 months. And and to know that there were I think it was 57 people trained to share the gospel. And we walked out of there with 71 brand new brothers and sisters and brothers in Christ. Man, I just I, I, I know that you've heard this before and I'd probably say it probably every podcast. But one of the things I like being on staff. Uh, is that I know that every every single thing that that we do as as staff members ultimately results in somebody sharing the gospel and somebody accepting it. You know, even things as even even something as simple as inventory and clothing. Yep. Somehow that's going to ultimately end up with somebody getting saved and and somebody yeah. and to me, former pastor, yeah. Christian, longtime Christian, is somebody sharing the gospel, man. And I know that those people are going, those teammates are going to walk off that event and going to go home and they're going to share Christ with somebody. And that's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if you're there yet on that feeling. I, I love my job, man. <laughs> well, scripture tells us whatever you do, do as the one to the Lord. And I can't think of a job, uh, you know, an occupation. I, I hate to call it a job because it's not a job yet. Uh, I enjoy it too much to, to downgrade and call it a job, but to know that the labor that you do day in, even, even putting together a podcast like this, just putting information out there, just yep. a posting and sharing on Facebook, the, the, the information that comes up, all of that plays a part in, in, in someone having an opportunity to hear gospel message. And uh, man, I can't think of another occupation that, that provides that kind of, uh, uh, that, that kind of uh, motivation to get after it every day. So how was your first event on this side? I enjoyed it. Uh, it was not raining in Florida. I mean, how can you go to Florida and enjoy a, a beautiful morning and afternoon in, in the sunshine state and it, you're also you, you know you're not just experiencing s-u-n but it's, you're experiencing the s-o-n also <laughs> and being able to just fellowship and, and and spend time meeting new people love relationships the the prison aspect of it was very familiar with that even though it's another prison in another state there's, there's a lot of those similarities and, and they're like that for a reason but something I, di- I didn't pick up on that it took one of the the inmates coming in when he came and he's like, man, thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all for being with us. And he was sharing with me how, how much tension there was on that unit hmm. and how things were, were, and it was getting more and more tense by the day. It was like a powder keg ready to go off. And he said, look, with you guys coming in here and sharing like this and being here, you bring a, a measure of levity to the unit that, that kind of allows some of that, that pressure to kind of cook off a little bit. And so everybody's not not on the edge. They're not on point. He said it, it'll probably you know a good two or three weeks. This will be 
you know, it's kind of like we're riding off of this high because we've had the opportunity to experience something different than the everyday all day. We got uh, different things to talk about now because Bill Glass had come in. And I did not realize that it was going to affect the offenders in such a way. And even had a, a, a one of the ranking correctional officers there say, look, y'all, y'all don't realize what's going on here, but y'all make our job easier for the next couple of weeks because a lot of the pressure and the angst and the anxiety that was going on kind of goes away for a little bit as we have opportunity for groups to come in. So that was a part of it I didn't think about because I've been out of prison for a little bit and uh, didn't think about the mindset of those offenders that are sitting there dealing with a lack of family visitation, uh, communication, programming, uh, all that kind of stuff. They, they need program to be able to parole out. They can't get the programming because the teachers can't come in. And all of that adds to the frustration of those men living inside of those prisons. So uh, even if uh, they didn't come to, to, to out to experience, because not everybody in the unit turned out or was able to turn out. Right. That a portion of the prison that was segregated uh, off by itself because, uh, for whatever reason, those guys were in that segregation unit. Uh, but even even the easing of that pressure is going to leak its way into that, that that they'll be able to experience too. And prayerfully, it'll help them to rest a little bit better and uh, calm things down in the unit there for a little bit. That was that was an aspect of it that I wasn't expecting to pick up on. I tell you this, it'll be different. I think all the events that we have coming up, especially if things open up and we get in, especially in 2022, the offenders, I think, are going, uh, the inmates are going to turn out more, be more susceptible to come to these events and experience it. I think we'll see a lot of different faces that had COVID not come, we probably wouldn't have seen them come to an evangelism event or an opportunity where they're going to hear the gospel. Right. Uh, but, but with COVID restricting them down and, Putting the pressure on, so to speak, I think in, in the year to come, we're going to see a lot of a lot of opportunities and a lot of hearts turn to Jesus because they really know now uh, how how bad and how dark it can get uh, without that interaction from anybody in the outside. They've just been shut off. So uh, looking forward to that. I think that's uh, I, don't, I don't remember the words you used just a minute ago. You said divine intervention, is it divine interruption, divine interruption. I think we're going to see. Uh, a lot of people come to the Lord because of that divine interruption. All right. So looking at it from the, uh, the pastoral side of things, the mission of the ministry is, is assisting the church. So the ultimate goal is to make sure that the church is functioning in a way that is uh, what God intends and biblical. Biblical. Thank you. And um, so when you go and talk to pastors, what is your message about, about Bill Glass and what Bill Glass, how Bill Glass can achieve that mission when you're talking to those pastors. Okay. So I always have to preface this conversation uh, and maybe ask forgiveness on the front of it, because I, I, I got to let you know, I was a chaplain for a while. And so the way I communicate is pretty pointed compared to how I would in the past. So as a Christian, if we were to look at a toolbox and realize there's parts of a toolbox, let's just say the hammer and a Christian's a hammer. That hammer is only going to find its complete satisfaction and fulfillment when it's being used as a hammer. All right. For a Christian okay. that has been given a commission, they have been given a responsibility uh, and a declaration from my Lord as to what they're supposed to go and be about doing. When they are not doing that, they're an unused tool. Mm-hmm. They're, they're useless. You're not going to pick your teeth with a hammer because you need to be driving a nail with that hammer. And it's the same thing that I share uh, with many uh, uh, 
the new pastors that I meet and many of my pastor friends, if we have a congregation that, yeah, they're good about beating, they're good at worship, they, they tithe well, they, uh, they attend Sunday school, we are real good about getting Christians to come to an event, to come and participate in an event. But the church is plan A for reaching the lost, and there's no plan B. We we got to be more. Uh, if the lost are not coming into the church, the church has a responsibility of being that hammer out in the world. Mm. And if they're not being out, that hammer out in the world, they're not being a biblical church. They're not being biblical Christians. They're not being New Testament. They're not a New Testament church. And so, oftentimes, when you share that with with a pastor, especially now that you know that I'm working with Bill Glass. They become they they can become offended because I know as a pastor I would be offended if somebody came and said we're going to teach you how to evangelize and share and you have to break that down and explain to them but we're we're, we're here to come alongside you mm-hmm. and to work with you and maybe ignite equip some of your members a lot of them you know they may already have 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 worked out how they share the gospel but but we want to give you and your church an opportunity we're going to come in and. And let us train a group. Let us then take them to the prisons. And you may have, say you take 100 people out of your church, 50 people out of your church. All of those are not going to turn on into prison ministry, but you may have one or two who find out, you know what, this is what God has called me to do. So maybe they want to develop a Sunday school inside of the prison. Maybe they want to continue to do that. Or maybe they want to go tell others about the experience they had. And then as a community, you know, they find this group together that's made up of different churches that, that hey, our goal, our, our desire is prison ministry. We're going to be that one aspect of the church that goes into the prisons because Jesus told us. And he said, you know, remember me when I was in prison, yeah. uh, you know, and that we have a responsibility there. So I want to come alongside those pastors. I want to encourage them, uh, especially those that have shepherded through COVID because they face things that. Uh, a lessening church, a lessening, uh, they, they just, uh, they've had a lot on their plate. Um, but I think this divine interruption is a great opportunity for churches to reset and go, you know what? We had all of these programs. We had all of this stuff that we did and it was good stuff. There was nothing wrong with it. However, it was a little bit outside the bounds of what Jesus tells us we need to be doing as a church. And so now we want to refocus. We want to make sure that the resources that we have are focused on discipleship and evangelism. And those that are not, we'll wait to reinstitute those when the world gets back to normal, if it ever does. But uh, until then, we want to make certain that we're discipling those that we share the gospel with that, that come to Jesus in faith. But we also want to make sure that we're out there sharing that message. And so Bill Glass is a, is a great platform to bring those comfortable church people out of those comfortable pews uh, and uh, I love to see the rookies when the door clangs behind them for the first time. That's always interesting because I was the same way. The first time I walked in a prison and that door shut and I didn't have a key to it, I thought, man, I don't know about this. But uh, the camaraderie that comes, and then once, you know, if you have an individual and they, they go, they're trained, they go, and they share the gospel, and they experience that person coming to know Jesus, they don't have to do anything else. They're hooked. It's done. They're not going to wait a whole other year to go behind the walls in a prison and share Jesus. They're going to be sharing at the, the drive through at McDonald's, the line at Walmart. Praise the Lord. If they have family members that are not saved, mm-hmm. it's going to change the way that they live their life. I'm, I'm a testimony to that. When, mm-hmm. when, when you begin to share what Jesus has done in your life, it completely changes your life. You're, you're no longer so worldly focused that you're no kingdomly good. You're so 
worldly focus because you know there's a kingdom coming and you want to play a part in uh, sharing the gospel with all of them that you can. So yep. um, I pray that uh, more and more pastors will come on board and realize that we want to help them carry the load. Yep. They, they have so much on their plate. A lot of times everything on their plate is not good for them to eat. If I, they, they have so much responsibility and the church puts so much responsibility on the pastor. It's nice to come alongside that pastor and say, hey, brother, we know that you know that your church has a responsibility to evangelism. Let us come help. You come and you sit in this chair. You're not pastoring. You're not shepherding. You just sit there and soak it up. Let yourself rest. Pass off what you need to pass off. Maybe this is a weekend. You need to plug yourself into your study and prepare for Sunday morning. You just send us some of your flock. We'll help teach them, train them, make them, and then they can come back and report to you. But I think that's a that's a key thing to let the pastors know because as a pastor, a new group's coming in. I'm thinking, oh Lord, how busy is this weekend going to be now? But the pastor, we know we know what you're dealing with, and we don't want to add to your load. We want to help take away from it. So right. that's what I would share with them. Is there anything you haven't said that you would like to say? Anything you want to tell a teammate or? Yeah, I would say I, I would I would say to the teammate for the past four months, it's been observation for me. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of application because I'm learning processes. I'm learning everything that's going on. And so for the teammate, I, I would I would break it down because and, and I would pray that this is received in the way that it, it needs to be received. Uh, number one, be humble to the gospel. Be humble and know that the platform that we have is not about us. It's not about our testimony. It's not about uh, and there's some saints that have been, you know, with hundreds of Bill Glass events. But it's about the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's not about Bill Glass. It's not about behind the walls. It's about the gospel. And so when we when we humble ourselves and break it down uh, to that that fundamental aspect of uh, that Jesus has saved us from the punishment of our sins and that that's the message that we have. We want to operate inside of that humility. If we're a teammate, if we're uh, just a volunteer showing up to help out, uh, if we're on a team. We want to understand that everyone needs to humble themselves before that, that, that very gospel and make it a point of our life that we, that we are humble to the gospel of the Lord, to the aspect in everything that we share, how we interact with Bill Glass staff, how we interact with Bill Glass teammates, that there's an authority there that we want to place ourselves humbly under and allow the ministry to go grow. Now I say that because the ministry has to grow because the greatest draw is Jesus and Jesus is the draw that we have. And so I believe that there are some teammates out there that have in years past been on the edge about how they're going to serve or what they want to do. And they're okay with just showing up and going on an event and, and the ministry needs them to step into a position on a team somewhere uh, whether you know whatever it is, head coach, assistant coach, logistics, prayer, whatever, God has called them to step into that volunteer role. We need them to humbly submit themselves to it, to step into it, especially those that have been on some events before, our veterans. We need them to, to step into these roles and help continue that discipleship model to those that are underneath them. Because, I, like I said before, I have seen all the work that's done on the office, on the front, and then I see what takes place on our teams. And if we didn't have those two, then you're not going to have a behind the walls event. You're just not. And uh, because of COVID, a lot of our teams have lost members and there's some that can go and can't go. So that would be my word to our teammates is pray about how God would have you participate uh, by serving uh, on a team or financially, what that would look like and how that could be 
Now, my desire for the region, and I know the other regionals have the same desire, is that we now begin to reproduce our team. Do we have multiple teams all across the states to help share the burden, but to let us get into more and more prisons uh, with the idea that we want to work ourselves out of a job, if I can put it right. that way. That's that's our goal. We want to work ourselves out of the need for evangelism. Scripture tells us that nobody knows the day or time, but we do know. Scripture tells us that when everyone has had the opportunity, that's going to have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus, that the Lord's going to come back. And I would love for us, Bill Glass, to be a major part of that. So, Brandon, you are the South Central Regional Director. What states does that encompass? So South Central Regional Director is the state of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Louisiana. If you want to get a hold of Brandon, you can always email him at Brandon C. His last name is Cochran. Brandon C. at BehindTheWalls.com. Or if you call into the office, they'll get you over to him. And so, Brandon, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. If you need any more information about the ministry itself, about Bill Glass Ministries, Bill Glass Behind the Walls, you can check us out at BehindTheWalls.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So just search us up. Bill Glass Behind the Walls usually is how you find us. And uh, we look forward to hearing from y'all. And check out the uh, the website, BehindTheWalls.com. Look at the events page as we continue to add events. Uh, not just prison events, but also beyond the walls events. We would love to be a part of your community by either coming into a correctional facility or partnering with your church to serve your community. We know that there are people that are not big fans of correctional facilities. Uh, the other 48 of the 50 that Brandon was, ta- was talking about, if you don't want to go into prisons anymore, hey, let's do something with the church. Let's reach your community. Let's share the gospel to all four corners of the world. So thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing y'all soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Equip and Ignite podcast, powered by Bill Glass Ministries. We hope that you've been encouraged by another story of God working in an amazing way. Our desire is that you walk away from each and every episode empowered to allow the Holy Spirit to use you for His glory as you work out your faith every day. If you're interested in learning more, getting involved, or supporting Bill Glass Ministries, check out our website at BehindTheWalls.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Bill Glass Behind the Walls and Instagram at BGBTW. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Equip and Ignite podcast, powered by Bill Glass Ministries.